We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. We're back. It is the final day of coverage for this week on the Dave Ellswick Show. We do Monday through Thursday during the uh, beginning and middle of the session. When we get to the end of the session, about the last four weeks uh, or five, we'll be here Monday through Friday because they always get behind and they have to hurry up to get through. And then that's when I really want to be here because they'll try to sneak things. Friday afternoon. They'll try to get it yeah. done before we get that's to go right. home. They'll be gone by noon usually on Friday. I've yet to see them here at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. Have, have you ever been here at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, Representative Sullivan? Absolutely. You know, we <laughs> left here today at noon, and I'm still here. We yeah. just don't meet formally, but we're still <laughs> meeting with people and talking about the issues. Doing, doing, all your, here. doing your job. There you doing go. the job. All right. And, uh, you know, State Representative Dan Sullivan is our guest here for this half hour, and then we'll let him get back to doing what he does uh, here in the, the chambers around here. Uh, District 53, Jonesboro, is where... He is uh, elected and where he uh, takes care of uh, his constituents. And he is running uh, the uh, House side bill for the freedom of speech that passed the Senate uh, Education Committee yesterday. Paul, did you hear? Did they take it up on the floor today? Um, you know, I, I, I didn't sit with the House. Okay. I didn't sit through the Senate. Okay. Not all of it. I just left. So it just it's just there. I, I, they just they I, didn't vote on it. I, I don't know if they have it or not. When I, I think when I left, they were um, a few minutes ago. I think I heard them start with Jason Rayford's bill on the abortion ban. So I don't know where they. Well, they might get to it. Today. They, yeah, I think they might get to it today. But it might be it might be an hour or two. We'll have to listen. Um, well, well, they'll let us know. I'm sure they will. We'll find out. And I don't see any problem with Jason Rayford's bill. Um, that should. That should go through without any problems since Hopefully. it's just it'll, a it'll, trigger bill. It'll, it'll probably be some, some fireworks in passing it, but it'll, I think it'll go. Oh, yeah. I, I, I wish I could be up there to hear the argument. Yeah, I think it would have been would have been interesting to watch. Because it, it's basically a trigger bill that says if the Supreme Court says Roe v. Wade is overturned or, or whatever, automatically it would be uh, changed here in the state of Arkansas And as well. has spurred rallies all over central Arkansas and northwest Arkansas, all the protesters. Really? I think there's they're a lot of activity. They're not here today. They're not here. But, I'm you know, they're all this over is where it. all the action is. And we're still getting texts and emails that uh, on positions on those issues. Mm. Multiple. Has it not? Let me just ask you this, Dan. I mean... Can you believe what's going on in the eastern states? It's crazy. You know, I, I don't know. I was telling someone this the other day at church. I don't know that I've ever grieved, truly grieved over issues like this when people are not only aborting 
but they are aborting after the birth, killing after yes. the birth, and then celebrating. That's not, and by the way, that's not abortion. That's murder as far Thank as you. I'm Correct. concerned. That's and exactly it's just what it grievous. is. And I, I tell you, Dave, I'm really, and I don't know how it is here in central Arkansas, but you know, our, our ministers and our preachers and the, the people from the pulpit need to be standing up and leading the way they need to be on screaming. this. And I just don't, they're almost, their silence is almost deafening. Well, that think, we don't hear our spiritual leaders talking about this, and it's disappointing, and I grieve over that too. I think I, th- I think one of the problem, one of the big problems, is that a lot of the so-called spiritual leaders are, are not teaching morality from from a, from a right and wrong justice perspective. It's well, don't 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 steal and don't commit adultery. But what about some of these other issues as they apply to real life? Right. Situations. People are voting out there. Why aren't they? Why aren't they? Why aren't the spiritual leaders helping people to, to develop a moral conscience? You know, and that's a, a wonderful group to follow. In that as wall builders, yes. and if your your listeners are not following that that group, David Barton and Wall Builders just have some wonderful information, and they address the culture in in terms of religion and in terms of our constitution, and those are not. Those are real issues real citizens are facing, and we need to have the boldness to speak up and the courage to speak up on those, regardless of if you're a parishioner or in the congregation or if you're a leader. But we, we need leaders in our communities to stand up. Right. I think part of the problem is that so many times when somebody does try to actually stand up and promote morality from a biblical perspective about as it, as it pertains to politics— they get shut down. They get they get slapped around by their church leadership. You know I what I hear mostly is that's just not our style. Maybe it's so. not our style to direct. Or it's it. upsetting and people. I'm so thankful that Moses didn't have that idea. Yeah, no kidding. I'm so <laughs> the thankful. Bible's not our style. Well, I'm thankful that Esther didn't have that that attitude. There are so many Bible le- leaders in the Bible who said these are big issues, and I'm going to stand up. You know, the the people grad the people of Israel gradually went into slavery. Our nation is gradually sliding back. And at some point, God will raise up men and women who will stand up and say, stop, and let's go back to a biblical uh, form of government that recognizes God as the ultimate authority. And man has no authority to make any laws that supersede God's law. And unfortunately, in so many cases, we just want what we want. To hell with what's right. In so many cases, that's our attitude. Yeah, they call that the human condition. <laughs> yes, the, the immoral, we're going to be evil. Right, and, and that's, and you know, that that's what's important to remember about this great country is that the men who helped found it understood that man at his deepest core is evil. Right, correct. You talked about any other religion, religion for the most part? You don't have that. Buddhists and all the rest of them yeah. think that man is always going up to a higher form hmm. of consciousness. Interesting. I haven't studied some of those others very much. Yeah. But and, well, neither well, do mean, you have any form of government nope. that recognizes God as the ultimate authority. Yeah. Our Constitution establishes that the creator, man can make no law that subordinates God. That's right. Unique in the world. Unique in the world. That's what makes me sad as I see that slipping yep. away, and we are unique. Yeah, very true. All right. We're with Dan Sullivan. We're going to talk freedom of speech, but you got to talk about what Rayford's doing. It's a great thing that he's doing. I just read today, though, uh, and uh, Rose Mims evidently is hoping to join us uh, here before 3 o'clock, is that Massachusetts now is trying to say 
you know, abortion till they're birth. On, they're, well, they're, going, they're going beyond till birth now. Uh, they're allowing a child that, you know, is was supposed to be aborted and has is, is still been born to be born. allowed to die. Born alive children. Yeah. I mean, yes. we're talking a human being in anybody's definition book. Yeah. And aren't you proud of the state of Arkansas? Yes. Aren't you proud that yes. we stand I'm glad strong. I live in a state yeah. that stands for life. We have people like Jason who just lead the charge. We have people like Rose who has given her life and the organization that's given their their lives to promote life in Arkansas. And I'm really proud to be an Arkansan. I am too. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Can, All right. So I'm going to change the subject okay. uh, so you'll know. Because we could spend the whole half hour no, we, talking we, we about could, it. We, we could keep going. Okay, so let, let's talk about the uh, freedom of speech legislation that went through the Senate Education uh, Committee yesterday. Not a couple of questions raised. I was there. Bottom line, unanimously was passed uh, and sent to the House. I see no reason to think that it will not be uh, confirmed and, and been, be sent over to uh, the House. So with that in mind, that's where Dan would come in. Yes, I'm the sponsor in the House on that and really look forward to talking about that. And again, I think it's another reason for our Kansans to be proud because, you know, our, our president and others, and you hear the talk about unity, unity, unity. Yes. But until we have something specific to unify over, then it's just uh, platitudes and words. This topic has united people from many different vocations, many different positions, that we recognize the importance of free speech. We recognize the importance that plays in our Constitution and in discourse, in civil discourse uh, between our citizens. And I think this is a great example. And I think several, you know, Representative Hammer has been involved, Representative Ballinger, uh, our Senator Ballinger, I'm yep. sorry. I uh, did it too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, Senator Gardner has been involved in that. There are several of us on the House side uh, that are running, have been in, uh, Representative Bentley, Representative Lowry, just a whole bunch of folks who have come together to really uh, make this a central point to the package of legislation that's running through uh, the House and the Senate. I think there are a couple of really impactful pieces of legislation that set the tone for this uh, this session. If you lay the governor's issues to the side, the tax and those, right. but if you look at other central pieces of legislation, I think this free speech bill has to be one of those. It's going to get up there uh, and rank up there with the abortion bill on Arkansas, setting the tone nationally yes. for what free speech looks like on our college campuses. And nowhere do we need it more. Uh, I'm a proud graduate of Arkansas State University and sing their praises, and I just appreciate their willingness to work with us on this bill. Uh, and they've had a number of people that are from ASU and other universities that have helped us craft legislation that uh, really stays with the founding principles of our nation uh, in a critical place that sets the standard. You know, one thing you may not a lot of people don't realize is how many foreign students are on our campuses across Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And we're bringing students in from foreign countries who are going to experience what free speech looks like. That's a great thing for our nation and our state uh, and the world. Now, here, here's the key uh, that some people may be 
I look at this. I, I was talking to Elizabeth, in fact. We had lunch before we came over here. And I said, I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of people on the right that are really behind this bill and going, yeah, free speech, that's what we need. Because right now it's conservatives that are taking it on the chin. Right. But there will come a time where there's going to be a speaker or there's going to be a group that wants to come on one of the college campuses that don't meet our ideology. And they're going to say, well, that person shouldn't be on the college campus. That's not the way it works. Not the way it works. Well, the satanic folks are already in play, right? Right. You know, there's a lot of... I don't agree with them. But they have the right to speak. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I don't like that people say. I don't like foul language. But I'm sorry, I think that qualifies as free speech. As much as I dislike it, I think I have a right to walk away. Or plug your ears plug or go my somewhere ears. else. <laughs> as, long as, it's, as long as it's not in, in, a, in a way that's violating me in some, some way. If someone's got a bullhorn running into my windows at night, that's a little different. But, the, but you know, just because it's offensive doesn't mean it's – and that's what free speech is for. I mean, it's – Yes, and what excites me about this legislation is that – uh, you know, we are in a our culture now tends to be shout down, mm-hmm. uh, deny. If I don't like it, it's not right. And uh, the what excites me about the legislation is so many people coming together on this and agreeing that we need to to have legislation out there in our state that addresses the issues you describe mm-hmm. and sets a precedent and sets a foundation for what free speech really means, as defined in our constitution. That's a good thing. Thing and a great way to solve it. You know, ASU came to me early uh, and talked about we need to have a policy that addresses free speech on our campus, and we know that policy needs to change, and we need to work with you legislators to craft a bill so that we can draft a policy that we want to have on our campus and mm-hmm. something and we want that free speech on our campus. So I really appreciate ASU and University of Arkansas and others who have come to the table recognizing the need for legislation that will drive our policies on our universities. Good I thing. want to ask the question, the chancellor at ASU who was there when uh, the, the group was told they had to leave the campus because it was their, you know, the campus was theirs, not the people of Arkansas. Um, is he gone? Is there a new chancellor since that happened? There is. And uh, he seems to be more open to the whole speech issue, doesn't he? Well, and yes. And in fact, he came to us from uh, University of Oklahoma that has complete free speech on campus. They don't, they don't have, have any they don't oh, have free speech zones and all that? <laughs> hooray. To my knowledge, I don't think they do. How ridiculous is that? So he, he came to us. He came to us from a university that was uh, a more at least more free than it was at ASU. So he's been very amenable to the discussions. Uh, he's been very supportive of what we're doing. And, you know, it's just a great dialogue between the, the G and the H about protecting that fine line between what kind of language can you dis- use, mm-hmm. as you described, and how to control, have the control we need on a college campus. And there's just a give and take, and it's a great dialogue when all the people can sit around together, all the parties can sit together and have that discussion. All right, we've got to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion uh, with State Representative Dan Sullivan. He'll be taking up free speech next uh, week in the House, and we may hear from him again next week as well. He's from District 53 in Jonesboro. It's the home of ASU, and they got themselves kind of 
in a in, in a twisted situation. Let's just say it that way. Amen. Don't forget about PI Roofing and uh, Home Solutions. Uh, they've bought Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services, so they'll be doing that from now on. And if you're a, cu- a customer of Tommy's, you can rest assured that PI Roofing will continue to give you the great, high-quality gutter cleaning that you've gotten used to with Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services. And on top of it, if you've been using Tommy's Gutter Cleaning, understand that PI Roofing now offers you comprehensive roofing and their home repair expertise. Learn more. Just go to piroofing.com. We're going to be back with more here from the, the Capitol. We're on the third floor, house side, on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Our special guest this half hour is State Representative Dan Sullivan. Uh, he is from Jonesboro, District 53. So, Dan, how do you how do you see this playing out on the House side? I've had several people here on the show over the last uh, three weeks, and I bring this up to them off the air, and how do they stand for free speech? And I've not found anybody who doesn't want to see this piece of legislation passed. I think it's going to, to pass easily uh, with a large majority. And I, everyone I've talked to expresses kind of the same concern. You know, where's that boundary between when speech becomes disruptive and how do we manage that boundary? You have to draw a line somewhere. You know, we're, I think the line is drawn well in the bill, but I also think we need to uh, give our universities some freedom to manage themselves. So rather than draw the bill too narrowly and uh, allow uh, and disallow the universities to have any control, I think we're, if there is an error out there, it's to allow the universities to have some control and some ability to, uh, to manage the bill without additional legislation. But if it's not strong enough, and that's what you hear from the conservatives, it's not strong yeah. enough, we need more, we can come back in two years and strengthen it. But I think this is a big step forward in the right direction and a strong, bold step forward with bipartisan support, uh, people unifying around our Constitution, which, again, is just a great thing for the state of Arkansas to stand strong on constitutional founding principles. Well, my uh, a good friend of mine and a guy who... Was I was the first radio station to have him on, and uh, guy's name is Ben Shapiro, oh. and uh, we passed this. Uh-huh. And I'll I'll do my doggone to get Ben to come to Arkansas and and speak at one of the college campuses about the greatness <laughs> of the First Amendment. How's that sound? Well, you know, I actually was on. Maybe the, we'll do it at ASU. Well, that I was actually great. on a college campus uh, to talk about the free speech bill uh-huh. and was told I would not, was not allowed to talk on campus about it. Uh, that that night, a student invited me, and they have policies and procedures that they need to go through to have invited speakers, and they have equal time. And so mm-hmm. I was am respectful of what the professor uh, wanted me to do, but these are just good examples. When, when, because part of the bill, and this, this is a very important part. Part of the bill is going to require the universities to train their staff in what the law says, because I think <laughs> training and education. Have them read the First Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to have to teach. You, you got me there. <laughs> well, even done. Actually, more exactly to the point. You know our citizenry, not just professors, but our citizenry needs to become more informed about what their constitutional liberties are. 
whether it's the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Tenth, the Fourteenth, our people need to be educated. Yeah, I mentioned this on the Paul Harrell Show not too long ago. I was at a 746 meeting up in Highland, Arkansas. Okay. It was probably an hour and a half, and nobody got up. And they weren't just talking First Amendment or Second Amendment. They were talking about God-given rights and constitutional rights and what government's role is in protecting the God-given rights. And we don't, it was the closest I've been to the discussions that must have happened back in the founding. We're talking about real rights. All right, we've got to take a break for the news. Can you stay with us just for a few more minutes? Sure. Okay, we'll be back. We'll continue our discussion with uh, State Representative Dan Sullivan, but first, the news. Back with you, we got uh, State Representative Dan Sullivan for just a few more moments. I told him until 2.30 I'm going to keep him just for a couple more moments so I can get some clarification for you about when this bill's going to run. He's uh, from the Jonesboro area, District 53. Dan, when, what uh, is it the Education Committee or what's the name of the committee and Edu- when will it be heard? Yeah, education Committee, and I would imagine if it passes the Senate today or maybe Monday, it'll Education meets next Tuesday. Okay. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's on our agenda, uh, on the committee agenda Tuesday, and I'm on that committee and just really look forward to running it. All right. Well, if you run it, um, I'll uh, give you my phone number before I leave so that or you leave, and I can't leave. They want me to stay here and talk. <laughs> but uh, I'll give you the phone number so you can let me know at what time. Sure. Because I really, I've been following this because I've been talking about this for two years. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the great things about this bill is it's going to require universities, as I mentioned before, to train their staff, to train their students, post it on the website, and then they're going to have to report back to the legislature any issues they're having. So it has an enforcement component, a training component, uh, you know, and penalty components. It has all that in there that really gives the teeth that it needs for us to uh, be as strong in the speech area as we are in the right to life. You know, I heard... Senator Ballinger say it briefly yesterday, and we used to hear this. This 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 this, this. came from. <laughs> yeah, that's right. exactly because right. People just you know are, are understandably sensitive to what's going on, but those those one sensitivity does not trump our constitution. Well, and not thank, only that, but aren't we much. weakening our kids by not? talking to them about how to hear different ideas without you know curling up in a corner and melting so so many of us we're we're letting them down so many of us just stay in our own little cliques if we will and so so we don't really have much exposure to people who disagree with us you know and i think that's one of the good things about our legislature you know i ran a bill today that had uh it was i probably used the wrong words i used uh, free market in a bill and free market really doesn't have a definition and i even spoke you know there's no probably no such thing as a truly free market there are market forces and i was talking some other legislators came up to me after we ran the bill and and said could, could you pull it down and let's just amend that to address the real concerns of people what their feelings are and what their concerns are and so that was an opportunity for me to say yes this is we, let's work together to, to address and make the bill better. And, you know, I, I think th- that's going to happen on this bill. And I really appreciate my uh, cohorts and the people I work with in the, in the House and the Senate 
that have a strong desire to to make bills better. And we can have some pretty rowdy conversations, <laughs> but the whole goal is to make the bill better. Uh, and when you sit in those meetings at night as we review the bills and talk about the ups and downs, you better have a th- pretty thick skin because people are going to say, this is a bad bill based on, and then they're going to try to tear your bill apart. And uh, thankfully so, because the goal is to have good legislation. Right. And right. that's what we need to have those debates internally and then go on the floor because sometimes we still don't disagree. Uh, matter of fact, at the end of the, the debate today, I still don't disagree. I still disagree with people. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to run the bill. Yeah. And we'll just see if the votes go that way. That's fine. If they don't, that's fine. But that's the wonderful thing about our legislature now. And I really appreciate uh, my colleagues and their willingness to work with me and help me do a better job. That's hard for me sometimes. Yeah, well, it's, it's part of life. And, you know, what? one of the things about you mentioned whether or not we can have a definition for free markets. Yeah, I think we can. It's where government doesn't violate anyone's rights in regards to the marketplace. And the government does. I think we both agree with that. True. And how do we stop that? Yeah. Well, how do we stop the, the the government from violating people's rights in regards to the market forces. Just in radio shows like this, yep. you get up and you talk about our Constitution. You have a lively debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you include as many people as you can uh, and focus on the foundational principles that our nation was built upon. Stay true to those. Stay focused on those and true to what God God's Word says uh, and in his part in the founding principles of our nation. And that's, that's kind of the thing, is that we can, we can derive our principles from scriptural principles. And that's, that's, you know, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. Do unto others as you, as you would have them do unto you. That just about covers everything. We were designed Love that neighbor. way. And so, and so you know, I, 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 know why it's, I know that it's wrong to do certain things or vote certain ways because there's principles that we can apply. Now, some of those principles become... Sometimes there's some, some somewhat complex issues because you do have some competing principles at times, but but there's still right and wrong answers. Yeah, and you know when you get to some of these, that they're pretty clear. The right to life is pretty clear. Don't kill your it's kids. It's hard to debate that. It's, it's hard, hard to have any right at all if you don't have right the right to life. It's hard to debate free speech. Yeah, yeah. those are very simple. Uh, the right to defend yourself, our Second Amendment. Those, and I think that's why groups like 746 have come up. That it is foundationally true. And people need to discuss those and stand for them. All right. So, Dan, I want to take a couple of moments here. I want to take us back to when you and I were in college. You were in a year before I was. You remember the free speech movement. Yes. All right. And you remember how it was. And that was, I was fighting the right then. It was the right that was the big problem at that time. I was just trying to get a a uh, non-school newspaper onto the campus of the university and they were saying we couldn't do it and I said of course we can how dare student you know? journalists actually <laughs> you know? report on and, news and yes I, you know I got in trouble because I would stand out on the main drag and I'd hand out our paper and things of that nature uh, that was a long fight it was a long fight and then using the language of the day and things of that nature and it, it worked the, 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 the battle was won and then I was stunned here in the, this last decade as young people have tried to erode that right that we fought so hard to make sure that they, I would, I never, I'm going to be 66 in a week. 
And for me to sit here and say, I got to fight this all over again, and now it's coming from the left. Yeah, we became a little complacent, didn't we? Yeah, and a little. We, that complacency led to to our nation uh, stopping, uh, uh, reducing, diminishing the importance of our Constitution in our schools, in our homes. I mean, we can't push it on our schools. These foundational principles have to be taught at home. And as I look at myself as a parent, I failed to, uh, I may have demonstrated them, demonstrated them to my children, but I failed to actually sit down and make sure I had a very clear, they had a clear message of what was important in our founding documents, in the principles that we live by. Uh, and I think we, we have to have that back in our homes. We have to have that back in our schools. And we certainly need the leaders in our churches, in our schools, in our communities, stand up for these very clear foundational principles. Dan, thanks for coming by. Let me know when uh, that's going to be at the House Education uh, 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 Committee, what time. I'll kind do of that. That way I can be there. And good luck, and thank you so much for standing up for free thank speech. Thank you, and always a pleasure. And, again, I just encourage your listeners to keep listening because this show stands for those founding principles, and this sometimes is the only place you get that clear message. Thank you very much. Thank we appreciate you. you. State Representative Dan Sullivan, District 53 from Jonesboro. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, you can learn the little-known strategies that could help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis. It's from David Lucas of David Lucas Financial, who's the host of the David Lucas Show right here on 101.1, The Answer. He's on Saturdays, 10 a.m., 3 p.m. Uh, David's a published author. He's right here in Little Rock. And this free analysis will reveal the little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401K, Social Security benefits, and more. To get that free analysis, be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. Don't lose tens of thousands of dollars in taxes in your retirement. That's 501-653-6690. The Dave Ellswick Show, third floor, house side, get the capital. We're back in just a moment. All right, coming up at uh, 3.05, most of you know that on my Thursday show, J.R. Davis does the first hour, and then we we pick up with uh, our guests for 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock, and then we repeat the J.R. interview. Uh, J.R. is going to be with us. He'll be with us in the next hour, and then uh, we'll repeat that again in the 5 o'clock hour because we want... A majority of people to hear what's coming out of the governor's office and what he's trying to do and things of that nature. I think that's important for you to hear. Um, I think we have some different people that were hoping for 4 o'clock to stop by, but you have to understand, House let out at noon today, so most of them are on their way home uh, to be with their families. And then uh, the Senate, I think they just finished. I thought I heard them leave. I think they did. I'm not sure, though. Okay. There was a big group of, but it might have been, there might have been the um, the abortion bill that just finished, and so that might have been a bunch of people coming out of the galleries. Okay. So anyway. I'm not sure, so I don't know if they've we'll finished find out. yet or not. But. That, uh, I'm sure that that passed. I would be, I, I su- would be I suspect stunned it, I suspect if it, it didn't. I suspect it probably did. Because it came out of, uh, it came out of the health uh, committee yesterday, Senate health committee, with no votes against. Okay. And, you know, if you do that, 
your chances on the floor are a whole lot better it, than if it, there's it, people that, against that, it. That, that does help. Of course, it, of no course, votes against. That's pretty amazing again. Yeah. Of course, what yeah. is, I don't know what the committee was made up of. It may have been all Republicans, and so it's kind of expected. No, there's, no there all was, the committees have a mixture. Yeah, there's, there's, all of them there have a mixture. There were some de- Democrats there. There some Democrats on that committee. That's something mm-hmm. that I think that we can all rest assured mm-hmm. of here in Arkansas. We don't have the foaming-at-the-mouth radical... Uh, pro-choicers here that many other states have. Now, Not in the legislature. Don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. They're out there, uh, but uh, there's by far fewer of them than there are here they're in not, the state of They're Oregon, not pulling so. their short shirts off and, and prancing around. No. Many of them are activists and not lawmakers, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, they're not They're not in here. But, you know, it just uh, just came out. I'm... I'm I stutter when I get to this because never, usually the argument for abortion has always been a woman's right to control her own body. That is not the way it is argued anymore. The way it is argued now is that you have the right to sweep that other life away without it being even said that it's a life being swept away. That is so wrong. Yeah. it's. I mean, when did you think it would ever happen in this country, even with, for the most ardent pro-death supporter, all right? And I, I, you can't, I can't call them anything else but pro-death, that a, an abortion would be botched in some way. A child is born, is born, is drawing air, and... They they say they're going to give it compassionate care. What is that? It is they put them on a, a gurney of some type, or a, sometimes it's just one of those uh, aluminum things they push around. A gurney. Yeah, that they have, and they cover the baby with a blanket so it's not cold. That's compassionate care. That's compassionate care in the state of Virginia. Hmm. And they wow. put the child in a corner and they let it die. They let it die. You know, if you did that to a dog, you'd probably be arrested. You'd probably you would be. <laughs> I mean, we've got people screaming their heads off, calling for people to be killed when they're mean to dogs. But then we have... Or the, to go to jail for years yeah, because yeah, they abuse yeah. that, you know, puppies. Yeah, that's insane. We, we've got people that, 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 are, that are off the rocker. I heard the best statement about this uh, day before yesterday from Ben Shapiro. That's a great... By the way, Ben Shapiro, you need to go to his <laughs> website. You need to listen to his podcast. You need to read what he writes. He's one of the great thinkers of the younger generation. I've had him on since he was 16. And uh, many of you have heard him on my show. He has become a friend of mine. I, when I go to CPAC, we, we always carve out some time to have dinner together. Mm-hmm. But the, nice. bo- the, the, the bottom line is, is that Shapiro said this. He says, I want to just draw an analogy for you. He said, if, you fi- if we found a clump of cells on Mars... The headlines the next day all over the world 
would be life, life discovered divis- on Mars. Yes, you got it. But we can kill a baby and say it's not a baby and it's, it's not alive. alive. Because human beings have thought that they are more uh, think important about than think, God. Think about that. It's I mean, crazy. I mean, it's he beyond is so belief. right. That he was so right when he said that. I, I love Ben. Ben's such a good a good man, and he's he's such a great thinker. He's a good thinker. Mm-hmm. Great thinker. We're messed up because, you know, it kind of comes down to it. We just want to do what we want to do, and and sorry, it's to hell with morality because we don't like because it. Because man is evil, we and don't, that's we, the natural we inclination. Want, we just want to do what we want to do. What the founders knew, and mm-hmm. and and we'll. Will come up with excuses, which maybe they make sense, maybe they don't. They just—it's something to fill the air. Just think about that. About all we'd have to find is a one-celled amoeba on Mars, and we would say that life we had found life. Of, I mean, the, the scientists would be going absolutely ballistic about mm-hmm. that. We found a bacterium. Well, they are talking about the bacteria they have found under the ice on Mars. Yeah. They are actually yeah. talking about that now. Guess what? Bacteria is life. Hey, I heard a heard a really interesting story last night. I don't know if you watch this move, show or not. It's on, I think it's on the History Channel. Uh, it's a uh, thing about the stuff found at museums. The guy does a show about uh, this Civil War, you know, Artifact. uniform, and the, and then he tells the story behind it. They were talking about Apollo 12. Okay. Now, 11 is the one that went first went to the moon, landed, and, and Neil Armstrong got off and Buzz Aldrin and, and whatnot. Well, 12 went up there, and they when they came back, they showed this. It was uh, from Huntsville, Alabama, shown uh, from their museum, where they uh, because a lot of the rocket program was done in Huntsville, Alabama. They must have a really great, I think that's where Space Camp is at, in fact, they have a great uh, museum there, and they had a uh, one of those aluminum uh, uh, campers. Okay. Okay. Uh, airstream. And yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. airstream. And uh, the three astronauts on twelve had to be kept inside there because they th- they found a bacterium on mm-hmm. the camera mm-hmm. from the spacecraft. Mm-hmm. They didn't, no. what, they didn't know where it came from. That's and exactly were, right. Were, and they were, they were freaked out, all right, because the last thing they wanted to do is Introduce. do like what happened in the West and had small smallpox right. get on blankets and given to the Intra- American Indian, right. and they had no defenses against Introduce something, some sort foreign of disease or something our, that is foreign to the world. That's correct. Yeah, now let me go down a rabbit hole, no. except we'll let all these illegals in with all their diseases, well, and we that. don't think to care much about any I of that. But in this case... They found out what happened. They found out it was a streptococci uh, that they had that caused a strep throat. Strep throat. And they traced it back to the people who had taken the film out of the camera. A guy had come down with strep throat two days after doing his job, mm-hmm. and he had coughed. And so it was human. It, it was, was human. Yeah, it was, it it was human. And they finally let those guys out, out of that uh, out of that uh, wind stream. It, it came from Earth, but they were just being sure. Yeah, they I didn't thought, it was, well. thought it was interesting. Wow. They, the, the scientists were scared to death. Well, the, the thing is that, that you know, if, if there happens to be some sort of disease or critter out there that that's from out of this world, that may be a valid 
after, thing to be well, after, terrified after 14, they decided there was no life on the moon, and so they got rid of the quarantine period when they came mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not the conditions are just not very favorable. Not for life. Not not for life. Although if they find if it. they find it, they'll mm-hmm. say they discovered life, but they sure won't say that it's a, a baby. The babies they're alive. <laughs> All right, let's oh. take a break. It just was such a that was such a great illustration that uh, that Ben came up with. Okay, we'll be back and uh, we'll talk to the uh, to J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesman. See what he has to say. There's been uh, some uh, some tough uh, going for the governor's tax plan. We'll talk about that. I'm hearing he's going to face some opposition in the House. We heard about that yesterday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back in just a moment. o'clock and he's late man jr davis he he sent me a message yesterday he says dave if you don't mind can we do three o'clock tomorrow and i almost sent back saying oh come on well someone's trying to get rid of that daylight savings time so it (laughs) won't throw us anymore on those hours i get it all confused oh it's funny no i appreciate it It was funny i appreciate uh, no there's no problem you must have had something going on but uh, you know the the bottom line the, the goal is to get you on and to hear what the governor is, is thinking about now, the, the session as it, it unfolds. Can you, can you kind of talk maybe about what happened the other day? Yesterday, his, uh, of course, his bill passed, mm-hmm. uh, the tax cut bill passed. But the day before, mm-hmm. you ran into a little bit of a, a, a bump in the road. Sure. What did the governor, how, what was his reaction when that happened? Well, I, I think uh, uh, more imp- the first thing we should say is this is all part of the legislative process. I oh, don't think there's been a general session yet with uh, our administration that you know something hasn't you know, hit a bump, um, but we always get past it. We've always felt conf- confident that it would get through the Senate. Um, obviously, we have two very big issues right now that are sort of coming to a head, and that's the tax cut plan and a highway plan. Uh, and I think what you saw on, I, on uh, Wednesday... Uh, or excuse me, on Tuesday, was, uh, you know, Senator Rice, I think, just wanted a little bit more information on where we were uh, with the highway plan. Uh, the governor reassured him that we we're certainly working on one, um, and uh, and he should have uh, an announcement uh, first to next week. Um, and I think that's just important just to make sure. Sometimes we just got to remember we, we got to do a better job of communicating, uh, and the governor recognized that, and so had a good conversation with Senator Rice, let him know where we were, uh, and uh, that was pretty much it. Um, and I think you saw a strong show of support in the Senate yesterday yeah. for the governor's tax plan. We needed 27. We got 28. We actually pulled two Democrats in as well. Uh, I love being able to say that we have broad bipartisan support <laughs> as it moves to the House. Um but anyway, so I, just again, like you said, it was just, just a bump. so you know, I don't care. Right, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, hey, anytime you have to reach a three fourths uh, vote, yes, it's always I nice to know you can that. pull over. But 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 like I said, it was, uh, or as you mentioned, it was just a bump in the road. But it was just a good reminder. We just got to make sure we're we're communicating as as best we can, and I uh, want to make sure folks know we're working on things that uh, the governor obviously campaigned on. He said we would have a plan. We're going to have a plan. We're working on one right now, and I'll have an announcement uh, first and next. 
Okay, now here's what I'm I'm hearing. All mm-hmm. right, and I've heard several people talk about this, that there is a concerted effort by many in the House that want to make sure that we don't uh, send an initiated act to people about the highways. That that there's some some kind of plan that comes up about raising taxes somehow or using general revenue, and that it be soundly defeated mm-hmm. by the legislature. I don't know exactly understand what they're trying to do, but the bottom line, I think they're maybe just sending a, a, a note to the people saying, we don't want any taxes any more than you do. I don't know if that's what it's all about. Uh, does that cause any you know, heartburn for you guys or make you have to change the way you're going to you know, come and talk to the legislators about it? Well, I would say that obviously every voice matters uh legislators it's it's the people's house that's where this bill's heading uh and and people elect folks to come here to speak their um uh, their minds and their positions so every voice matters so we certainly want to take those seriously i would say though that the vast majority of our legislature uh and i would say looking at numbers uh, from folks out there in arkansas that that a vast majority of our kansans and our legislature support a long-term highway plan uh, we have the number one industry in our state is agriculture. Uh, we have to do something about our farm-to-market roads. When we're talking about the economy and growing it and doing what the governor said about that growth agenda, we have to be able to have the infrastructure in place in order to pull those those companies in. Um, so it's important. Uh, we certainly understand uh, the, the comments from those who say, you know, we're not going to uh, force people to vote on a tax increase or, hey, we've been sent here to, to make the, the big votes. Big all of decisions. that, absolutely, right. all of that is, is, is absolutely relevant and, and it's important to consider. Um, but I, like I said, the vast majority of what the legislature knows we need a long-term highway plan. It's just about how we do it. Uh, and so that's the conversations that we're having right now. Uh, I still think you're going to have to have a referred act uh, with the continuation of the half-cent sales tax. Uh, That's something that when it was passed in 2012, it was for a bonding initiative. I think it makes sense moving forward that we pay as we go uh, versus having some of these unfunded liabilities on the state. Uh, that, That will be something that will have to be referred out to the people. Uh, as far as you know, any increase you know to a gas tax or a diesel tax, it's very important to understand this. Number one, that in the last four years we have cut the income tax in Arkansas. If the governor's plan passes um, later next week, uh, by more than two hundred and fifty million dollars in income tax. That that is something that is taken straight out of your paycheck. You have no say in it at all. If you're following the law, mm. uh, but uh, but that that's taken straight out of your pocket, right out of your paycheck. This is a user tax. If you if you use roads on a regular basis, and most Arkansans do, however, a vast majority of those who pay that tax are from out of state because they're coming in and out of the state either on I-40, 540, uh, um, you know, over in the West Memphis, Texarkana. Arkansas is one of those states where people pass through a lot, so a lot of those costs are passed on to those individuals. But it is a user fee. It's a choice. Uh, and I think at this point in time, where we are with roads in Arkansas, we have to do something about them. Uh, a lot of them are deteriorating. We've got to be able to fix the ones we have, uh, keep them maintained. But we also have to put some investment into infrastructure so we can continue to grow our state. Uh, that's that's sort of, the I think, the philosophy that's discussed right here in the legislature. It's just about how we do it. But I just want to make sure, you know, we, and the plan's not finished. We're still working on that. But I think it's important for folks to know that that we, we want to be able to give you a choice uh, with 
with taxes, and we don't want it to be forced upon you, which is why we've continued, and the governor has continued to make it a priority of his, to lower the income tax rate uh, on our Kansans. So that's that's kind of where we are, and I'll, I'll stop, you know, talking. Okay, so, well, that's all right. Uh, when you look at the state legislator, uh, legislation, uh, legislators, you're set up with 100 of them. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, you need 75 of them to Correct. pass the governor's tax plan. That gives that small group mm-hmm. of Republicans, perhaps, sure. uh, an opportunity to have some leverage. Has anybody having any kind of you know, discussion with the governor about that? I think it's it's. I would imagine, and I haven't spoken to these um, individuals. I know there's a reporter I was speaking with. It's somewhere around maybe 17 members that are sort of on the fence uh, about the tax cut. That's but a lot. It is a lot, but it all comes down to one issue, and that's highways. It's okay. do we have a plan? We have to have a plan. Uh, we we have a plan. Uh, we're working on it, and like I said, the governor will have an announcement first part of next week. Uh, but here's the other thing too. This is a clean tax cut. Uh, when the governor announced it, this does nothing more than lower the top marginal rate to 5.9 over two years. That's where we've always said we wanted to get to, or I say we, we've always wanted to get it down. The goal is 5%. We want to get it down to 5.9% to really set the table for the next step, right? And this is the third phase uh, in the process of tax cuts. So we've done a lot uh, over a small amount of time. Um, uh, but as far as, you know, uh, uh, you know, tax tax cuts go uh, in in the House. I would I think that I would I would be surprised if there is a small group of Republicans that would like to you know stand fight and die on a hill of reducing tax cuts in Arkansas. I think a lot of it has to do with the communication aspect that we just talked about uh, and and highways. I think once they know that yes there is a plan, uh, they can at least take a look at that plan. Uh, I think we'll we'll absolutely have the support in the House. I also think you're going to pull some support from 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 some Democrats. I could be wrong, but there's some that are they're conservative Democrats in rural parts of Arkansas that understand that a tax cut is necessary uh, to continue to, to to strive for those goals the governor's outlined in every state of the state since 2015. So uh, again, it's just about communication. Anytime someone's on the fence, uh, if anyone tells you they're on the fence on the issue, there's a good chance it's a legislative session. <laughs> so, right. Uh, so it's hard to nail down those votes right now, but we feel confident. Uh, and I think when given all the information, um, I think our caucus will come together and uh, and do the right thing for the people of Arkansas. I'd like you to, to discuss just for a few seconds. It won't take you long. But Brummett today mm-hmm. made a statement that we're fighting over, uh, you know, just a little decimal point yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you just kind of chuckled at that and well, said, yeah, and it's an important one. Look, John Brummett is a uh, very talented writer. It's always entertaining reads. Um, but but I think that it's important, again, to remember that this is not as much as Democrats want to cry foul and say that this is a this is nothing more than, than a uh, uh, you know tax relief on the richest Arkansans, uh, and we need to do more with that money. That 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 could not be further from the case. That's not what this goal is. The goal is to get the top marginal rate down from a whopping six point nine percent, which is head and shoulders above any state in our region, including uh, the rest of the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have to get that down. Uh, to somewhere around 5.9, where we look competitive with our surrounding states, because it is a factor uh, to to companies and industry that are looking to relocate here. It's it's a factor for people that are, determine whether or not to take a job in Arkansas. But when you combine that, when you get it from 6.9 to 5.9, and then you combine that with our low cost of living, 
our low cost of doing business, the quality of life, our low property taxes, it becomes a real selling point uh, to, to corporations that are looking to expand here in Arkansas, or again, for people that want to move into Arkansas. That's the whole goal of this. We have to be competitive with our surrounding states. And in a state like Arkansas, we're growing, but we're small. So when you automatically put us at a disadvantage of nearly an entire point on the income tax rate uh, scale, that's something that's difficult to overcome. So we have to get it down to a competitive level. And while I appreciate the, the humor in, uh, uh, from, from John Brummett, uh, he's missing the point. I think some of the Democrats in the legislature are missing the point. This is about economic development. This is about competition between states, and this absolutely makes a difference. All right, we'll take a break. J.R. Davis is here. He is the governor's spokesperson. we got more to talk about. The legislative uh, session is underway, General Assembly's meeting. We've been broadcasting live since the beginning. We'll be here to the very end when they wrap the gavel down and they tell us they kick us out and say we can't stay any longer. You know, just the way it works. All right, 18 minutes uh, after 3 o'clock. Hey, let me remind you about Applied Research of uh, Arkansas. They have a wart study going on right now. People don't like warts on their hands or elbows or wherever they might show up. And uh, Applied Research of Arkansas wants you to take action if you have warts. Uh, They have a new clinical study going on that could wipe those warts away. Participants receive free study-related care and medication, as well as compensation for time and travel. Full uh, transparency, I was over there yesterday at uh, Applied Research of Arkansas, filled out all the paperwork, waiting for a blood test to come by to see, uh, come back to them to see if I can do their low testosterone uh, study that they're doing right now. Don't know if I've been accepted or not, but I'll know by Monday. You can apply online for this study or any study they got going on by going to arcarkansas.com. That's arcarkansas.com or calling them at 501-954-7822. We're back in a moment here from the uh, General Assembly. We're on the third floor, House side on 101.1 FM. The answer. Yeah, I don't know the answer either. All right, back with you on the third floor, House side, State Capitol. And we, we've been trying to, to broadcast on Facebook Live, and we've run into a problem that uh, the media card that we use is not fast enough. So we've been wanting to use a uh, direct uh, cord, an, an Ethernet, an Ethernet connection. Ca- connection, and found out uh, that because of Homeland Security... The two Ethernet connections that we could have used here on the third floor are not available to us oh. because protected. the Homeland Security said it's in the Capitol and you will not let somebody from the outside use those connections. So I did not know that. Well, yeah, we just found the, it out. The federal I mean, government is telling us that we can't engage in free speech in the Capitol? That's correct. So the bottom line is this. Uh, we will start doing it again Monday, but we'll be using the equipment the we had, the card, and we'll have interruptions, and you just ha- we're all going to just have to make do. So all my right. takeaway on that was Dave Ellswick is too fast for technology. Yeah, that's kind of the way it's going. That's can, what's going on. We got cutting edge going on. Cutting edge. Cutting edge, call man. Donald Trump and have this problem yeah. fixed? Well, it's Homeland Security. <laughs> well, I mean, I that's understand. executive branch. I'm actually what, glad they're doing it. I'm sorry it's I causing us trouble. I understand what they're doing. Okay. I know what they're doing. 
Uh, they don't want anybody being able to disrupt the plan of work they have here. Yeah. That's so right. I, I Take the whole any. capital down by hijacking the ether. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, that'd be lovely, wouldn't uh, it? I don't have any problems with it. <laughs> we just, we're going to find a, uh, we, a, a solution. Can we run a cord out to the, one of those windows over there and get ourselves a yeah. good strong signal? That's the way I had to do it when the Democrats were here. Oh. All right. So now you just can't do it at all, right? That's, uh, no, I wasn't. So, I'm, this was being able to broadcast back because when we first started here, I'll show you how fast technology has changed. 2000, I, guess, I think it was three. We had to have a hard line, telephone line to hook up to. And it was like we ended up having to pay to have AT&T come in and put a phone wow. line in for us. So we do it, and that's not cheap. <laughs> and so we had that done, and and uh, we were able to broadcast. And then a few years later, uh, they came up with the media cards. And a media card's nothing more than a, a device that just plugs into our, our, our broadcast uh, equipment and uses a, a cell phone line so it makes it sound like I'm sitting in the studio and we can broadcast. And so, then we wanted to do, of course, uh, Facebook. And uh, the best way to do that is to have an Ethernet and a direct connection. And it wasn't working here. So we got an Ethernet right over there. But it, we plugged it in. And you got to find out which one of the connections is the one you got to hook up to. And we could never find out what that was. And now we know why. There you go. Okay, we can't use that one. So we'll go back to the the card. I want to know, you know, Mevo, which is the people who make the yeah. camera. They sent us a uh, a card. Now I've I've told Zach, who is working the board, to call Mevo and find out where or how we get a hold of a card that's faster than the one that was given to us, so we don't have as many problems. So. That's a little b- behind of what's going on behind the scenes. It's not that we don't want to be on Facebook Live. We do want to be there. We don't want to have to break away at times where it reestablishes itself, but it just may be something we have to live with. We're, we're trying to do things that no one else has ever done before. No. That's no, right. We're not doing it that no one's have. I'm, I won't say it's something that's been done not with me, in though. Arkansas here. Not in Arkansas. Yeah. Uh-uh. No, that's, uh, you know, we're trying to push technology to the limits right now. I love but it. But it's good. It's it's what we need to do. I like what you said. He's too fast for technology. Too fast for technology. <laughs> that's it. Which is cool. All right, so with all that uh, explained, that's a lot of housekeeping that took up time that I could be talking about really important things. But I wanted people to know that are sending us messages. Uh, why aren't you on Facebook? You know, we're trying to get that worked out. In, so in, in 2030, Dave Ellswick, in a 2019 world. That's kind of what it is, kind of the way that it is right now. But we're working on that, that whole media card. Uh, we're coming up on the news, so I don't want to start a brand-new discussion. I do want to talk to you about there's some legislation that's out there next week uh we're expecting uh in fact i'm expecting to hear from it today that the senate has passed the uh, free speech bill uh in the senate uh, went through the education committee yesterday no dissenting votes and that was exciting to me because senator elliott and senator chesterfield were on that uh, committee i thought we might see something from them on that and they went along with it, so I expect that it'd get through the the Senate well. And then uh, we had uh, State Representative Dan Sullivan, who's carrying that bucket of water when uh, next week starts. And Tuesday they'll be hearing it in the Education Committee, 
and hopefully we can get it through that and then on uh, onward and get it done there's over in the in the house and then the governor get to sign it um some of the universities are not happy that the people of arkansas are pushing back a little bit about this you know freedom of speech uh areas and things in that nature i did find out something today when i talked to dan sullivan he told me that the new uh, i guess it's chancellor the president of asu formerly from oklahoma uh who came here very big free speech advocate he is not the guy that was responsible for asu getting themselves into a lawsuit denying free speech and he believed that on the oklahoma campus that Free speech was a free speech zone everywhere on campus. That's great. So I'm, I'm excited about hearing that. Uh, look, as far as I'm concerned, there's a free speech zone from the Atlantic to the Pacific, from the Canadian border to the Mexican border, and it's called the First Amendment. Let's take a break. We come back. We'll continue uh, with JR. Here we are. We've got 25 minutes left with J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesman today. And uh, we've been talking about, uh, during the first half, talking about the governor's tax plan. He goes to the House next week, and they're going to have to vote on it. We're going to be watching to see how that goes. Know that we'll have plenty of people to come on and and talk about it. Uh, As far as uh, the rest of this half hour, first question is, we want to talk to J.R. about free speech. Uh, it went through the uh, education uh, committee yesterday in the Senate. I don't know if it came to the floor today or not. Have you seen anything? I on haven't heard yet. Actually, let me look at. I might be able to possibly look it up. I don't pop know if it it's up that, on the. Um, what is that House bill number? I forget what the number was. It's Ballinger, so it'd be I under can, his I name. Can I can make your free speech. Yeah. yeah. SB one thirty five. One thirty five. That's it. Yeah, it's one thirty five. But it went through the education uh, committee uh, with no no votes, which was kind of exciting. That's surprising. Uh, because we had Joyce Elliott. Looks like it, it passed. It did pass. It looks like it says says um, ordered immediately transmitted to the House. So I think that's Ooh, probably that means um, it passed. There you go. That means All it right. Passed. So that would mean, as we heard Dan say, Tuesday education committee. Uh, here in the house i'll try to find out when that's going to be uh heard and i'll let you know about it i'd like people to show up and show their support by being there i did you you would have you would not have believed all of the faces that looked like they handed out lemons to people uh from the colleges in the in the uh gallery yesterday so so, to speak uh, well i just looked at the the yeas and nays there's 31 yeas, three mm-hmm. nays, and zero non-voting, one present. What was the, the who were the nays? Uh, believe it or not, Bond, Chesterfield, and Elliott. Big surprise. So Chesterfield and Elliott were in the committee. Let, it come, they let it come. Well, they, yeah. well, then it I'm going to tell you, Vote, if I start thinking, if I start thinking about, about that, you know, that's how they typically do. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that that I, way, see... That's well, I, on the record. Yeah, it is on the record. I, okay, I, the the committee wasn't on, was the on the record because That's it was a voice vote, which is another right. reason that every vote in committee needs to be recorded. I was, yeah, I think every so. Every vote, just to keep people. That's, every vote. That's just interesting. Yeah. Who was the Who was the present? Um, Flowers. Well, another demo. That's interesting. You had letting yeah. uh, vote for it. Uh-huh. Yeah, sounds like. Uh, I think I can. Bond that voted against sure. free speech. 
Yeah, let, let he was one of all the, you folks yeah. in yeah. the Jacksonville Maumel area. You've well, got a guy who yeah. that I, support that you support it who doesn't believe in free, free speech. You read that bill, it's nothing but about free well, speech. I mean, I've, I, yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you what my friend says. She says, just think about this. One day, it's not going to be your party that's going to be in control, oh, and true. it's going to be turned around against you. So they mm-hmm. need to think twice about these votes. Yeah, they need to think hard. Yeah, no, I I think. Uh, no, I think that's great. Obviously, I think it does speak volumes that you have, you know, thirty-one. But the governor always says, "Look, if you can get more than three-quarters vote on a particular issue Ooh. in the Senate, uh, that's you know, that's strong. That's it shows a, a lot dunk. of support. It shows a lot of support." And I think even when you have obviously all Republicans supporting it, and you have someone like a Greg Letting, who's in the University of Arkansas's backyard, uh, that's that speaks volumes to how important it it should be uh to all our Kansans, regardless of of party uh and i think that when you talk about free speech it's uh dave you've talked about a lot during the break as well i mean this is it's free speech it's first the first amendment it's the first amendment of the constitution and to be able to say it's always been i think uh laughable that you're gonna these free speech zones like that just cracks me up it's like with the you know what do you i just always picture like these you know um, police tape, you know, around like <laughs> three trees, and you just stand over there, and, and, and got you can say whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. there's nowhere, there's nobody anywhere <laughs> no. else near you. See, and also, it's a, it, it's it's really, uh, I think, philosophically, you talk about, you know, most universities, people say are are liberal and that sort of thing. How how does this help educate students? It doesn't to to form their own opinion and not be scared to voice it. Right, but you know, there's so, there's the problem with exactly. you just said the, the, form their, their own, own opinion. opinion. Right, and I just think that's when, when that's, were they ever in favor of that? Sure, but I just think that's just counterintuitive to what you know the the college and university experience is supposed to be. I will tell you this much: when I was in the free speech movement back in the late '60s, early '70s, I will say. The, the the folks on the right were wrong, okay? However, I never saw them shut somebody up. That's exactly I never, right. I never saw them try to shut somebody right. up. I mean, I remember Angela Davis speaking all over this country on college campuses and nobody trying to shut her How up. How about the weathermen? Yeah, well. I mean, all yeah. those people. Yeah, those well, guys. I mean, and that's this is, when I left the SDS. Was a weatherman. But well, no one you, ever. Yeah, when you look at it like like this, I mean, look, you said it. Before. Wait a minute, guys. Oh, yep. That wasn't the right bill. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, I just gave letting credit. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. Let me. Oh, have to we dig were it just up. retracted that you whole last fifteen oh, yeah. minutes. Sorry, y'all. That was I, I did the SB one thirty five, and that wasn't it. Let me look it up. I'm gonna have oh, to go to. Okay. Bob anyway, Bob so line. we're Sorry, talking about just the 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 idea to you know that every that the entire college campus everywhere is free speech, and anybody can come in. Um, uh, anybody can come in to speak. Uh, regardless of, of their beliefs, but those students also have the same exact right to protest that individual at that uh, speech. And that's why I think that's the beauty of the First Amendment. That's the beauty, beauty of uh, free speech, and uh, I think that's the way it should be. So, okay. Can we figure it out? We, it, said, it says it's, in, it's been engrossed, it's passed. Is that what you're uh, I don't think it's been passed yet. I think that means they've, they've the added some amendments, but they haven't, engrossed, I believe. They okay. haven't actually I passed the thing. So, sorry, Joyce was Elliott. That, was and, that the and change? Flowers that, and, that, and, and, yeah, we, we, yeah, the, we, gave, the, we, we were retracting now. I think and that was my fault. There sorry. was a point of order by Sturch, Senator Sturch, talking about threat had been 
have been spelled treat. <laughs> and I think they had to go back okay. and that change that. The last, yeah. the last action is an amendment that has been read. The rules were suspended. It was read a second time. The adopted. amendment was adopted Order and ordered engrossed. engrossed. There it is. Right. So there it hasn't go. actually been. Okay. It has not passed. Okay. But, but again, go, let's let's. So we'll we'll rewind a little bit. Right. Going back to committee, and I think we'll the fact that, that you, you know you do have some of those senators uh, that that. So bond, didn't you have it. your opportunity. Yeah, here. yep, yep. It so, didn't oppose yeah. it in committee. We'll see what happens on the floor. But again, I think it's important though that any student. Uh, anybody on campus, regardless of your belief, should be able to form your own opinion and speak about that. And we talked about this. You bring in whatever speakers that come in, and those students have the same right to listen to that individual and also protest that individual. That's that's literally part of the entire process. And I think to be able to limit that to certain areas and say this is appropriate and this isn't uh, is just a contradiction to what well, the first time is about. I think sometimes what's been the case is that if if you or I went on a college campus, we could do it. We could we could protest anywhere we wanted to. We could pass out flyers anywhere we wanted to. But they can't t- they can't come along and tell us, well, you're going to get you're going to lose, lose your grade, sure. or you're going to. They might threaten you with arrest, but you and I could stand up to it, and they would probably back down. Or you're not allowed to attend class or, because you're right, or passing the, or, out information we don't agree with. Right. And so, so the thing is, I I think that has typically kind of been the case. Is you, you, they'll kind of intimidate students. Can't do that it. anymore with this legislation. Well, see, and again, they don't understand enough to stand up and say you can't do this. Right. As a, <laughs> yeah, because I think a lot of times when the students did stand up, I think they they kind of called their bluff on the on the college campuses. But so many. So because the students aren't educated. They well, they're, don't they're understand not. their they're, rights. They're, they're immature, and that's, that's just a fact of life at that age. And they're being intimidated. They've got grades to I, keep up. They've got classes to, to maintain. Yeah, it, Like I say, I think it's more about they don't understand their oh, rights. Right. Because, Dave, you and I were that age, and we understood our rights, and we stood up for them, no. even if we were that right. age. No. But right. they don't understand. I have been politically active a lot ever of, since I was a freshman in high school. A lot of parents. Me too. A lot of parents don't really teach that to their kids. My parents were not real active in that regards. In that regard, when I was younger, and so uh, <laughs> they were a little bit, but not not very serious about it. And so I didn't really get on board with stuff till later. And so when I was eighteen or nineteen years old, I was not real good about knowing how to stand and where. All right. Well. I want to just get back with the with Jr. Yeah. here, talk a little further about this. If it goes through the House, gets to the floor, is voted uh, through, uh, does it look uh, pretty uh, good that the, the governor be firmly behind this? Uh, I always preface with whether or not I've spoken to the governor about this. Mm-hmm. I haven't. Okay. Uh, so I'd like to speak with him first. I know he likes to look over every piece of legislation um, uh, before he signs it. So. Uh, I can't speak uh, you know, definitively on that matter, but, Just send but me I know an email. that. Sure, Let's yeah, but, I, but obviously, text, I think that it makes a great deal of sense, and uh, I agree with you. I mean, having a you know ten by ten section <laughs> for free speech just seems ludicrous. Uh, but anyway, so we'll we'll follow it, and the governor will certainly review it, and obviously, it's got to go to the floor and then over to the house, and and we'll 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 track that as it goes. I'll do my best to uh, get Ben here. If um, mm-hmm. this is passed and signed by the governor, because if it is, it would be one of the best free speech bills in America. And that, that that's something we can put a feather in our cap about. The, the, the initial legislation comes from a Republican legislator in Minnesota that I had an ongoing conversation with and mm. and uh, knew that she was trying to get it through uh, in Minnesota. And uh, I sent uh, I asked her, can I use it and i had it in my mailbox the next day 
Hadn't wow. that legislation been challenged in court as well? Yes. So it's already stood up. Yes. <laughs> yes, we were ready for all of that. We were ready to go. I ain't, this ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you. It just ain't my first rodeo. Let's get a break in and we'll come back. Uh, other things that will be coming up, uh, we were talking today. Uh, uh, Dan Sullivan was talking about UMAS and about so some things they're doing and how much it's costing them. And uh, he's bringing forth some legislation about that. Uh, DHS getting information that uh, some of the representatives are concerned about. Have you Arkansas have you, Works details personal information? Had you heard anything about that, Jr. Uh, I I haven't not not okay. in great detail. So okay, well I'll just kind of we'll I'll bring it up to you and then we'll talk about it next week. Okay, or whatever. sounds Give good. You time to to look up and see what what the heck's going on because there's a lot of moving things right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's understatement. Kind of, kind of hard to keep up with it all, isn't it? Yeah, we've, we've got a, a long list of agenda items. We're definitely focused on that, but we, we have a great staff uh, that's that's analyzing bills and sending them up so the governor can take a look, and we'll keep doing it until they gavel out. They're so. going through a bunch of sticky notes right now. And we're, like, <laughs> and we're like three weeks into the session. Yeah. Yay, here we go. That's what's Whee! amazing. I feel like I've been here a month and a Whee! half already. Crazy. It's been yeah. three weeks and just a lot is going on. Let's come back. We'll talk with Jr. We'll talk with him uh, since he is the governor's uh, spokesman. The big things that uh, they're looking at, and I, from what I've been hearing earlier, it's going to be the highway bill next that everybody's going to be wanting to see about. So we'll talk about that when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. <laughs> back with you. And uh, well, during the breaks, we have such great discussions here. We really do. Okay. You're History straight, lessons. You're straight on it now, right? I got it right. Okay, great. I'm glad. It's always are. good to know. All right, so uh, we've got uh, about eight minutes left. Let me bring J.R. Davis, governor's spokesman, uh, back to the mm-hmm. microphone and talk about next week going to be a big week for highways. Is that what we are to assume, that that's the next T that the governor's going to take up? Yeah, absolutely. And I think just uh, for some context on the others, the teacher pay uh, has gone through the House. It'll head over to the Senate. So we're well on our way with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Transformation is still in process. Uh, Representative Davis has filed all the legislation. It'll sit for a couple of weeks as they go through it all. And then he'll pull it back, file a uh, one bill, about 1,500 pages, and that'll start moving through the process a long bill it is um but they've but uh, i know uh the governor's chief transformation officer amy fetcher has really done a phenomenal job just getting to this this point in time just having all the conversations the meetings you know meeting with people uh, calming fears all that sort of stuff so we're in a good position with transformation as well obviously the tax cuts uh, have moved to the senate uh, we'll, they'll take that up uh, next week uh, in the house and then yes highways is sort of the uh <laughs> You want to call sort of the cloud hanging over everything right now. Everybody wants to see a plan. Uh, the governor had campaigned on it. Uh, he absolutely believes that we should have a long-term highway plan. We need it. Uh, and he will have more information about that uh, at the beginning of next week. So, yeah, you're going to see a lot of things come to a head uh, next week. Uh, and you probably see a couple of items head on head to the governor's desk for signature by the end of it. So how, how much can the state do? when they don't know what the federal government wants to do about highways. I mean, a lot of this is tied together, is it not? It, it is, certainly. I mean, there's always, I mean, leave it to the federal government to, to leave the states in limbo a lot of the times. I mean, it would be great to have a uh, a a 
full-on highway plan from the federal government, but uh, that hasn't happened, and it's probably not going to happen uh, for the foreseeable future with with both chambers and, and uh, not uh, under different parties. And <laughs> so we have to move forward and uh, and do what we can here in the state of Arkansas, and that's what this all this is all about. But yeah, certainly it would absolutely help with clarity and and I think with sustainability uh, and confidence if we were to. Uh, have something from the federal government. But right now, uh, the legislature, the governor's office, we're working together to come up with a, a plan that we feel that can get uh, uh, consensus uh, from both chambers and, uh, and and something we believe the people of Arkansas will support. So, All right. So I know that you're not a, a member of the Highway Commission, all right? Your, your knowledge about everything is probably a little bit more than mine is, but how much money federally is sitting out there, dude? Have you been told that from the federal government? I, I don't know all of the specifics on that and what's out there for the states and that sort of thing. I do know that we have a $50 million match. The governor uh, passed his plan, that short-term highway plan in 2016. It was the Highway Improvement Act of 2016, which basically says we're, we're going to come up with $50 million to get the two hundred dollar or two hundred million dollar match from the federal government. So is that the half cent that we're? No, no, no. That's no? the half cent sales tax was passed in two thousand twelve, and okay. that was for a big bonding initiative for highways across the state. Uh, I want to say that that raises somewhere just under three hundred million dollars a year. Uh, however, with it being a, a bonding uh, uh, initiative, that that has gone to pay for those previously uh, built uh, highways and, okay. and, and or the construction cost of that. Extending that uh, sort of in perpetuity uh, would would allow us as a state to pay for things as we go versus you know doing a bond and coming back and paying for that and then doing another bond and that sort of thing. So uh, that is what would run out in 2022 uh, and would be on the ballot, uh, I believe, in 2020 if it referred out. Uh, so the people of Arkansas would get a say in that. Uh, and then obviously the the uh, rest of the plan uh, that is still being debated right now as far as uh, uh, what will be presented next week. So there, there's a lot of different plans. You've seen some bills that would raise $10 million. You've seen uh, one bill that would take 150 from general revenue. And uh, so there's a lot of, lot of plans out there. It's important for the governor to get out there with his plan, which he absolutely understands and agrees, and he'll have something uh, next week. That I think we'll we'll have uh, quite a bit of backing too. All right. Well, he. Do you think that he'll have a a presser to try to explain that plan before it's presented? Why would you think? I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I would assume so. Uh, obviously, it's good to be able to. When you have something like this, you want to be able to get out there and explain to folks exactly what it is, what it does, for clarity's sake, uh, not just for members, but for those who sent these those members here, uh, the Arkansas voters, so they'll know what, what to expect with that legislation as it moves through uh, both chambers. So uh, I, I would assume so. Uh, we don't have anything locked in yet, but, but that's sort of the governor's uh, style. He likes to get out there and answer all the questions he can uh, for, for the sake of clarity. Well, the more questions that people can ask, the less questions you'll have to answer later. That yeah, and you want to get you want the public support, you want legislative support, and the best way to do that is to be as transparent as possible, and that's the goal. So, all right, well, we're out of time today. I appreciate you coming by. Anytime you have anything, you're only a floor away. That's right. So feel free to come on Let's up do and some, join me. Some some walk by. Uh, 
updates for you. Yeah, the, cool. the ninja stairwell. Huh? The ninja stairwell. Yeah, yeah exactly. I got ninja on those things. I'm telling you, we know hey, he's coming up and we never see him. I'll leave you with this deep thought. There's nothing that makes you feel more out of shape than walking upstairs. You know, you feel good about life. You feel good about where you are, eating a little healthier, and you walk up ten stairs and you feel like you're going to die. Have it's a capital. i got to ask well, you. Yeah, this, These whew, stairs. Those yeah. stairs are the exact same color. Do you... Have you tripped oh. on them very often? So going up them is not a problem. Going, going down, down them is when you're like, I think that's a step. Yeah, right. it's watch. scary at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I saw walking. a lady fall down to oh, did yesterday. You, did you? Well, yeah. Dave was Dave was noticing. He told me. I guess I didn't realize. So I'm going it. up and I was trip going up, up them. and I tripped on the way up. Tripped up. I'm telling you, <laughs> and they're also a little bit. They're they're slippery. they're they're a little you know, slippery and they're yes. a little shallower than normal stuff. Yes. yes. So it's sort of like, and I look. I have I have short legs, so it's like it's like I'm doing like the the Flintstone. You know, it's like just going up the stairs. So I get up about 10 or 11, 12 of them, and, man, I'm shot. So it's uh, it's easy to go down. Well, Got to go to the gym. Got to go to the gym. I know. Banister, man. <laughs> That's I'm right. Saying, I use it. I'm, I'm afraid yeah, I'm falling down. Were you sliding down the banister again? I've been known to do that. I'm at that Jay. point where now I'm really considering the elevator, but I think that wastes too much time, especially in the capital. I think takes about can two years. Can we get it yeah. very slow? Can we get some of those We'll just stick it right in the middle here. Yeah, just, I want to okay. see the lawmakers get right. Cool. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Thanks so guys. Much, appreciate Jenner. it. Have a great one. Have a good weekend. We'll see you next week. We're going to take a break, get you the news, and we'll come back. We'll do uh, the 4 o'clock hour for you. If you're listening to me and you're going, okay, I'm at 5 o'clock, and he says he's going to do the 4 o'clock, we're, go- we're repeating an hour. And that you're, you're going to hear Jr. again. That we just got done doing it at three o'clock hour. It's confusing, but it works out. Got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And back with you here as we move into the 4 o'clock hour. And we're going to go to Washington, D.C. And joining us there is the uh, congressman from the 2nd District of Arkansas, French Hill. And, Congressman, how are you today? Well, hey, Dave. Uh, happy State of the Union speech. We finally got to hear it this week. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one, too. It really was a I good one. I thought it was good. I, I like a speech that sets the foundation that Americans do great work. And when America is called on, we step up and get the job done. And I love President Trump's talking about Buzz Aldrin and having him in the audience. And of course, our World War II vets, one who was in, a, uh, in Airborne, in the Airborne Division, and one who landed on D-Day. I got to meet both of them yesterday and visit with them, and they were just remarkable American heroes. Yeah, cool dudes. I'm tell you what, if you get the opportunity to meet a World War II veteran, thank your lucky stars because there's not many left. He landed on D-Day at Omaha, and seven of his 40 platoon mates made it uh, wow. through the Battle of the Bulge. Uh, hmm. Two Purple Hearts, Croix de Guerre. It's a remarkable man, just as spry and sharp as he could be, getting ready to celebrate his 100th birthday. Yeah, think about that. He's a century old. That's incredible. That is really incredible. I love, I love those was, stories. It was great. Yeah, yeah about uh, about ten was, years ago. Good. Now, 
and I love the president stepping up and talking about, despite all the noise and all the cable TV gab at night, uh, talking about what's gotten done over the last two years in terms of jobs in the economy. And yes. A hundred straight months of job growth. Two of those years were his, including January, where 300,000 new jobs were created. And then turn and start talking about what we need to be working on. And I, I thought it was well-constructed and well-delivered. Am I correct in remembering that he said that over his administration thus far, they've created 650,000 new jobs? Uh, I think it's a lot more than that. I think it's a uh, couple million, probably. It's a couple million? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like um, I said. it's um, Yeah, he's... Uh, you know, we had, for the 10 years prior to 16, so that, that phase that included going down into the recession and then that, that recovery during the eight years of the Obama administration, we averaged about 1.8% economic growth, low job uh, uh, per- participation in the workforce, uh, fairly high unemployment rates, although they came down over that period. But in the last two years, we've really stepped on the accelerator, we've had economic growth over 3%, and we've had yes. consistent job growth at higher levels. And I really mm. credit uh, part of that to the business cycle, of course, and part of that to President Trump's policies with the Congress to lower taxes on business and families and reduce the regulatory burden, which is the reason I ran for Congress starting back in 2013. It was, as a businessman in Little Rock and a community banker, I mean, the regulatory burden was what every owner of a small business was talking about. They can't focus on sales. They're just filling out forms. Yeah, it's still the same way, too, kind of. There's been a lot of of a lot of those regulations lifted, but there's still far too many for the small businessmen. Well, this is Paul Covered here. One of the no things doubt. that... Hey. Hey, this is one of the things that, that I think gets in the way is that some of these seemingly small regulations are insurmountable for the very small businesses, just like even sales tax, if I wanted to just open up a really small business, like maybe I was only selling a hundred dollars worth of product a week, I couldn't fool with sales tax. It, it would just be, it would be too much of a hassle, I think, to even fool with it. If you have a, a very small business, because it's the 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 hassle of messing with it is just doesn't seem like it's worth it to me. Yeah, I mean, I saw that uh, in every business I dealt with as a banker, I saw it in the bank. And this creates this sort of inexorable process where the big get bigger and it's harder for the small and middle to grow big, which concentrates economic power in an oligopolistic situation. You see it in telecom, you certainly see it in healthcare, you see it in the uh, social media and and access to the internet. Uh, you see it in banking, um, and it never ends well. <clears throat> and in this Internet age, I think we're confronted with that big data and Internet creativity and distribution digitally even makes that uh, advantage to a big company even larger. So they can find it more able to comply with all these rules and they have a cost advantage in acquiring a new customer. And so I really think in the coming years antitrust policy will well, be a bigger part of our business life. So Congressman, what's going on as far as uh, the meetings on the wall? Are we going to have another yeah. government shutdown? 
You know, I, uh, of course, I hope not. You and I have talked about that. I've heard encouraging comments from my colleagues, uh, Tom Graves from Georgia, uh, Chuck Fleischman from Tennessee, who serve on the Appropriations Conference Committee. Dick Shelby's been on uh, the news shows during the day, uh, saying that they are making progress and are reaching uh, some consensus. Uh, and I find that encouraging because I think this is a group of realists who are on this um, committee. So I hope they can craft something that helps build more border security uh, wall along the border, fixes some other needs we have in border security from uh, judges and more court dates down there to uh, more uh, screening equipment at the ports of entry, all the things that we've talked about. I hope they can reach consensus on that because I think it would be good. Yeah, I I would agree. But even if you reach uh, consensus in that committee, are there enough Democrats that will shake their heads and the uh, cobwebs out of their uh, their their dreams and actually vote for it? That that's the question. It is, and you know, based on collecting the public comments of Democrats during the shutdown, as the refusal of Mrs. Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to compromise in some practical way with uh, President Trump's request and the Homeland Security Secretary's request. Let's not forget that the Border Patrol and the Homeland Security professionals from Brownsville to to San Diego designed the number and how to mix the number for enhanced border security for consideration by Congress. It's not like a number that Donald Trump cooked up. I mean, this is a number from his professional people who work day in and day out protecting us so uh because they they didn't do that um each week we saw more democrats shift their position and so i've got to count on about 60 democrats who have said they support uh border barriers uh, double fencing and the and the road system as a part of southwest border security so i think if we get a consensus deal i bet we can get the votes for it we had the uh, the Attorney General, Leslie Rutledge, on Tuesday, and she shared some uh, figures with us, Congressman. You may have already heard them. Let me just read them to you because I, I jotted them down as she was uh, on. We were talking about what went down uh, about uh, illegal immigration here in the state of Arkansas, September uh, 2018. They... Uh, they caught 1,260 illegals here in the state, uh, d- caught by the, the folks from ICE and the Border Patrol people and our, our uh, police. 200 firearms, $350,000 they got, 229,000 illegal pills, and 1,400 pounds of illegal drugs. And for people who don't believe that the border of Mexico is not the border of Arkansas, those are pretty sobering statistics. And, you know, that's something that we've we've tried to impress on people, that this is a nationwide problem. No community is immune from this, and we are seeing uh, the results of this and in my view it's just getting worse i think that's what we can take away and that's certainly what i take away from my four trips to the border where i've met with our border patrol professionals and our law enforcement people there's just and it's uh kirk lane our drug czar in the state was just here in washington this week and he you know he he delivered the same message 
we delivered the same dangerous message. Yeah, it's not good. It's it's getting worse, and it can it will continue to get worse until uh, you know a lot of these people take this seriously and not politically. That that's the problem. They've made this into a political football instead of understanding what it's doing to the fabric of America. I agree, and that's why I believe that when you take that politics out of it and you focus on security and a track record now of three decades of working together to enhance border security along the southwest border, Democrats will join Republicans in getting a positive step made over the next week. And so I'm keeping my fingers crossed and hope that uh, that sort of common sense approach and the reports we're getting from the Appropriations Conference are encouraging. So what day are we expecting something for next week? Um, Around when should we see this come up to the House and maybe to the Senate? Well, I know that they put their own deadline on themselves to try to have agreement by uh, Friday of this week or certainly over this weekend so they could enter next week with the ability to produce legislation have both sides meet on it early in the week, take care of uh, an education component, drafting review and legislation review component before we have to have it complete and signed into law uh, before next uh, Friday, unless people agree to short-term, one-day continuing resolutions while that work continues, if it's imminent, you know, if it's imminent. So that's kind Mm -hmm. of the schedule. I think we'll see something over this weekend, I hope. All right, let me uh, get a a quick break, and when we come back, I'd like uh, to talk about the Green New Deal that is out there. Anybody who thinks this is serious has got, this is laughable. Can we talk a little bit about that? Sure. All right, let's do that when we come back. I just want to do it because I I I want you to go into the weekend with a smile on your face. We'll talk about that when we come back here. The, the congressman is with us. French Hill is with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 2nd District. We'll be back with him from the third floor of the House side of the state capitol on the Dave Ellswick Show. And let me remind you that if you're like me, you like to save money, you can recycle auto parts to fix your car and not have to buy a new car, which means you're going to have a monthly car payment probably between four and seven years, and it's going to be well over $500 a month. Uh, you don't have to go buy EOM parts. You can get uh, used uh, parts from a well-maintained total loss vehicle and save a lot of money. I've had an engine put in my car. I've had a transmission put in my car, and it cost me less than $5,000, and uh, I'll have it paid off by the middle of March. And it's all being done by Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. You call them, let them help you, all right? You tell them what you need, they'll find it for you. And they'll put it in for you because they got the mechanics can do that job as well. 982-7451 is the number. 982-7451. That's Sonny's Auto Salvage. The uh, congressman from the 2nd District is with us. Of course, that's French Hill and... Uh, Congressman Hill, uh, I don't know why the Demo- why this woman carries so much gravitas right now, but uh, Congresswoman uh, Ocasio-Cortez released an overview of the Democrats' Green New Deal. Here's what they want to do. They want to do a massive transformation of our society. We know how easy that is, right? 
let's um, let's just run through this real quick. Rebuild every single building, government building in the U.S. Upgrade or replace every building in the U.S. for state-of-the-art energy efficiency. Uh, they're going to end all traditional forms of energy in the next 10 years. They plan to ban nuclear energy within 10 years if possible. Now here we start getting to science fiction now. They want to build trains across the oceans and end, and this is serious stuff that they're saying here, and end all air travel. Don't invest in new technology of carbon capture and storage. Just plant trees instead. Mandate all new jobs be unionized. Uh, they might include a carbon tax. They might include cap and trade. How much will it cost? Here is what uh, Cortez says. She And how will we pay for it? She says, don't worry about that. You don't have to worry about that. The Federal Reserve can extend credit to power these projects and investments and new public banks can be credited to extend credit. The question isn't how will we pay for it. This is a direct quote now. Is not how we will pay for it, but what will we do with all of our new shared prosperity? Makes you feel excited, doesn't it, Congressman? I didn't know there was a... Uh an annex to uh, Wesley Mouch's lectures of John Galt and Atlas Shrunk. Perhaps that's the uh, that's the annex. Uh, you know, Dave, to be real blunt with you, I'm speechless because I've been working all day and not paying any attention to AOC, as she's known up here. And um, that list of things just flabbergasts me as a entrepreneur, as a business person, as a government policy person as someone who has an economics training and there's so many uh aspects of that that are illogical and don't even fit with the laws of physics much less the laws of economics so i don't even know what to say but this is where we are in our country we have a group of uh people that have uh, are attracting attention to themselves uh that have no background in the topics around which they're lecturing and yet they're considered experts so i don't i don't know what to say congressman hill this is this uh it it kind of reminds me of when i was kind of young and i would i'm kind of an inventor i do some different engineering type stuff and you know i would have good ideas sometimes or at least i thought they were good ideas and then i would try them and, you know, when you're 18, 19 years old, sometimes things that sound like good ideas just aren't very good ideas. And, and then I discovered that, you know, I just didn't have all the facts in front of me. And, and to me, that sounds like somebody that's kind of energetic and gung-ho about something. And she just doesn't have all the facts about uh, about the situation. I think she's, she's missing a, a major fact there, and part of that is humanity. And, and uh, she's, yeah, I, she's just leaving out humanity. Right. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about what an energy future will look like, and let's talk about the real world where uh, consumers and businesses uh, use energy every day to create products and services in an environment that uh, the seven billion people on the planet can inhabit and do work and pursue happiness and create gross domestic product and. It is true that we've had a 
uh, a long-standing base power generation from fossil fuels for uh, over a hundred years, and we're seeing technology be the winner there. We've seen a transition to low-cost, uh, cleaner natural gas. We have seen battery technology advance, and I don't have any doubt that when uh, at the rate we're dropping solar cells, uh, which they don't completely rival Moore's law in uh, processing speed for digital transactions, but we've seen a, um, uh, I'd say, 10-time reduction in, in solar costs. And when we harness the power of the sun and we're able to store it effectively, which is what research is being worked on, you know, we'll have an amazing ability to store and use base power generation from other sources besides coal or, or natural gas. And she mentions nuclear, and of course, the U.S. got left behind in nuclear. We have about 99 plants around the United States that provide nuclear power, and about six of them are scheduled for decommissioning. They're expensive to run. These are expensive designs. But now we have lower cost, much more effective, much more efficient, much lower waste uh, nuclear designs at Argonne Labs, and we could build those. And then we would have you know, a very clean base power generation. Uh, we know in Europe and France, for example, they get 80% of their electricity from a nuclear base, and, and they also reprocess their residual waste. These are all things that, that are, are part of a transition to definitely a alternative power future, but it's not going to happen in 10 years, and technology and competition and market forces are are you're watching it happen before your very eyes so i'm very optimistic about our energy future the sustainability of it the cleanliness of it the price of it and that's part of the the dream of american and human you let you said she leaves out human kind i agree i mean it's humankind that is the inventiveness that will lead us to the, that future so congressman i gotta run we've got the news we'll talk to you next week all the best. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, look, uh, you know, I talked to the congressman about this Green New Deal, and it's so ludicrous. As I read through some more of this for you, I mean, this is all now a white paper. It's out there. This is what we want to do. This is what we intend to do. The Democrat Party is going to lead the way on this. I'm going I'm to share this with you, and it is so ludicrous but it's scary because there's so many true believers in this. We've allowed our children to be brainwashed about all this stuff. And this is, this is the stuff they're going to be taught. I'm just warning you now. You're going to see this. You better keep your eyes open uh, about what's being taught in science and all the rest. Let's just start with, uh, they, I'm going to get away from the ones that you can kind of figure out, like ban affordable uh energy award uh you know they want to get rid of the ban uh, the uh, normal energy of fossil fuels they totally ban them you won't be able to use them a- at all eliminate nu- uh, eliminate nuclear energy uh you'll be able to get uh, that would purge around 20 percent of america energy production eliminate 99 percent of cars 
Hmm. Uh, so, to be fair, under the uh, Green New Deal, everyone will need to retrofit their cars with Flintstone-style footholds <laughs> or pedals for cycling. Uh, the authors state that the Green New Deal would like to replace every combustion engine vehicle, trucks, airplanes, boats, and 99% of cars within 10 years. Hmm. Ten years. Charging stations for electric vehicles will be built, air quotes now from me, everywhere. Though how power plants will provide the energy needed to charge them is a mystery. Gut and rebuild every building in America. Uh, Markey and Cortez want to retrofit every building in America, not just government buildings, every building in America with state-of-the-art energy efficiency. I repeat, every building in America. That includes every home, factory, and apartment building, which will all need, for starters, to have their entire working heating and cooling systems ripped out and replaced well, well with whatever technology Democrats are going to invent in their committee meetings, I He's guess. He's going to work almost as good as those toilets did when they first came out. This, this is crazy stuff. I, I, I wouldn't even spend time on this except that they take this seriously. Well, They're and, taking and, it and seriously. And how much of this stuff is, is what you're paying for when you send your kids to college? Well, let's go ahead. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read all this, all right? Eliminate air travel. Uh, the Green New Deal calls for building out high-speed rail at a, sta- a scale where air travel stops becoming necessary. Good luck, Hawaii. California's high-speed boondoggle is already $100 billion in debt. Looks to be one of the state's biggest fiscal disasters ever. Amtrak runs billions of dollars in the red, though, as we'll see, trains will also be phased out. Imagine growing that business model out to every state in America. A government-guaranteed job. We've heard this already being talked about. Booker's been talking about this. The bill promises the United States government will provide every single American with a job that includes a family-sustaining wage, family and medical leave, vacations, and a pension. Free education for life. Uh, The Green New Deal promises free college or trade school for every American. Uh, They're going to feed you. The Green New Deal promises the government will provide healthy food to every American. uh, I guess that's what they feel like they can do. A house. The Green New Deal promises that the government will provide safe, affordable, adequate housing for every American citizen. Now, I, I call dibs on an affordable Adams Morgan townhouse. Thank you, Cortez. Free money. The Green New Deal aims to provide, and I'm not making this up, economic security for all who are unable or unwilling to work. Let me say that again. Unable or unwilling to work. Just to reiterate, if you're unwilling to work, the rest of us will have your back. Bonus insanity. Ban meat. Ban meat. Uh, Cortez admits that we can't get zero emissions in 10 years because we aren't sure that we'll be able to fully get rid of farting cows and airplanes that fast. 
Even the only Demo- ri- way to get rid of farting cows is to get rid of beef. Even Democrats like steak. Yeah. The Green New Deal used the word massive to explain the size investments, formerly known as taxes, 13 times. How will we pay for this plan? Well, she says, quote, the same way we did the New Deal. The 2008 bank bailouts and extend quantitative easing, say Marquis and Cortez, who earned her degree in economics at an institution of higher learning that should be immediately decertified. The plan itself seems to insinuate that billionaires can pay for the whole thing. Of course, best case scenario, it's estimated that instituting a top marginal tax rate of 70% would raise a little more than $700 billion over that decade. She does not explain how we're going to raise the other $20 bazillion it's going to cost to tear down all of our modern way of living. Cortez and Markey claimed that 92% of Democrats and 64% of Republicans support the Green New Deal. I'm not sure where that number is derived, but uh, ask them again when government agents come to take out their water heater. Bottom line, you're hearing it from me, all right? It's as crazy as a bunch of loons. There's no doubt about it, but there's people who actually believe this crap. There's people who are running for president on the Democrat side who believe this stuff. Kamala Harris, you're talking about Cory Booker, and other of them may not believe in all of this, but they believe in a substantial part of this. Well, I think it may be partly due to the fact that we've got a lot of people running around that don't have a grasp on reality. And so when they talk about various different projects... It's kind of like magic over on the side. There's people that know this, know this stuff. I don't have to worry about the, the details. Those people will figure that out, and we'll just do, we'll just do the planning, and we'll do the and, and they'll 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 just carry out our wishes. And you know that just doesn't work that way. Physics still apply. Laws of science still still exist. You can't just violate those things. And and then you also have social aspects of the fact that you know if you don't give me a very good reason to be productive. I might just do what, you know, the, the book Atlas Shrugged was about. I might just decide, you know what, I don't want to work for the government. I don't want to put out extra effort and most of my effort go towards some stupid government policy. I might just decide, you know what, I'll just work enough to eat. Well, you tell me. You t- Well, you don't have to worry. They're going to give you a government Right. Salary, they're going to give you food, they're going to give you a house. I mean, you go on and on mm-hmm. with this. This is insanity. Yeah. Who are they going to take it from Yeah, this, to give it to me? Uh, they're not going to take it from anybody. Well, yeah. They're going to give everybody a yeah. home. And they, but they're going to have to take it from somewhere. They're going to have to figure they're out They're going some, to build them, don't they're you gonna, know? They're going to build them and print money to pay the builders, and the builders are going to discover this money is worthless, and the yeah. builders are going to stop building. And why would any of us bother? If they're going to tax the fool out of us to the point where I work 10 hours a day for a chicken sandwich, a, a cold chicken sandwich that's moldy, why wouldn't I just get off, build a raft, and leave? I'm going to go back and... Why would you leave, man? You're going to be taken all care this, of. The only, thing you won't, the only thing that you'll miss is beef. Beef, okay. All the chicken I want. Yeah, because and, and they don't f- fart and burp like okay. the cows <laughs> That's do. what it is. Well, that's exactly what she says. Cow farts, <laughs> you know, you got to get rid of them, or you can't have zero oh. net emissions. 
It's and she can plant trees. This is the party. This is the party called the Democrat Party. Now this is the same party that doesn't really know that one of the top world athletes is a man. Back was it the seventies? Now thinks he's a woman, and they're applauding that. I mean, that was Jenner. That's that's not an indication of your acceptance of 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 good and honorable people that are no, you're you're coddling insanity. These are this is this is not this is not in, being inclusive and and loving to coddle insanity. I mean, it's it's not reasonable. You know, I've got nephews and nieces. They're cute and they're fun to be with, but they're not very smart. They have the, they have ideas sometimes. They're bad ideas. It is not good for any for me or anyone else to to coddle them in their bad ideas and suggest, "Well, that's a good idea." And tell my nephew, "Oh yeah, you can you can be like Superman and fly off the porch." No, it's a bad idea. And if I tell him it's a good idea, I'm wrong. Well. And this is this is kind of I think this, that's that's what is going on with some of these people on the far left. They've got terrible ideas, and other people are telling them, "Oh, that's a good idea. We 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 love you, and we're supporting you in your ideas." No, we should not support people in their stupid ideas. We should tell them that they, their ideas are destructive and harmful, and 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 they're not good ideas. And just have a little bit of fortitude and say that, look, I love you, but your idea is going to kill you or kill somebody else. Bottom line, this resolution that she's trying to get passed calls for a World War II-style mobilization effort to eliminate greenhouse gas emissions from everything, even agricultural operations. If that's the case, that means any subsequent Green New Deal legislation would have to deal with a major source of methane emissions, and that's cow flatulence. I mean, they had kind of this happen down in in New Zealand a few years ago. Uh, New Zealand has more sheep per capita than anywhere in the world, and they had this diaper thing that they tried to make the the farmers make the sheep wear Mm. so that it would... um, help get the methane out of their farts and then Mm -hmm. they had to change their diet as well by the way all that has gone by the wayside because it didn't work imagine that the sheep didn't want to keep their diapers on or something i have no idea what the main problem was it's just unbelievable i mean mean, so so i guess i think i just figured out where a lot of americans are going to get their government jobs you know if you get rid of internal combustion engines it may be that we're going to be we're going to be working with hose in the garden to 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 um to get rid of all the weeds out of our food supply if you eliminate diesel powered tractors yeah so we'll we'll have something i guess we'll have plenty of work to do they'll they'll put us behind garden tools and and we'll have we'll have good solid work to do well, they're just going to put you in a yoke and make you pull the plow that maybe that's what we'll do you know there's that I, we can to do we can um but this was launched today at 8.30 in the morning, and uh, I will try to send this to um, uh, Elizabeth and have her post it for you so you can read. This is not a joke. I'm just telling you. This is being set forth by the Democrats. 
for the Green New Deal. All right, we got to. Uh, do we get? To, we got to do another uh, break there. Uh, I think so, Zach. Yes, we, we do. We do. We need to get that in. All right, I I've gotten so wrought up by this. Just it's. I guess this is Gene. This should be called the Gene Roddenberry Green New Deal. You're really good. If you remember watching Star Trek, did you ever notice they didn't have money? Hmm. That they just walked around. Nobody had a really had a job except unless you were, I guess, on a on a starship. That's the only job that you could have. Just really nuts stuff. People walked around and bought things and and whatever. It works in the movies. Yeah. It works in movies, science fiction movies. All right, a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up from today from the uh, State Capitol on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. We just got a few moments left here, about six minutes. Uh, Just wanted to run through some other stories that I've been seeing uh, here. Oh, by the way, uh, Cortez wants to defund ICE as well. She said that in a holding a press conference today. Uh, Los Angeles has a typhus outbreak that has spread all the way to City Hall now. Uh, I don't know if you've been following the uh, the health situation in L.A. with all the homeless people and whatever. Uh, they got all kinds of uh, defecation and urination going on in the streets and everything that now they have, so, t- they have typhus. So third world conditions? Yeah. That's what it is. This is this, sewage running the streets. This is channel. This is channel five out of L.A. Uh, story they did. All carpets at Los Angeles City Hall need to be replaced amid a typhus outbreak that have infected at least one city employee while at work, according to a motion filed by the council president. They became aware of a vermin issue in November of 2018. Contacted pest control experts and removed all of the office's carpets according to the motion. The uh, motion reported cleanup issues and a noticeable increase in rodents in the area, which could have contributed to the outbreak. Los Angeles County health officials first reported a typhus outbreak in downtown Los Angeles back in October of 2018, uh, where in that year there were 142 so that is third world, man. 142 typhus cases in Los Angeles County alone. Typhus is a deadly bacterial disease that is typically transmitted through fleas that have been infected by rodents. Symptoms include high fever, chills, headaches, muscle aches, rashes, and in some severe cases, internal bleeding. The disease can be treated with antibiotics. Weston's motion asked for a report on the scope of vermin and pest control. Uh, Elizabeth Greenwood, an L.A. City employee, said she started experiencing flu-like symptoms and went to the doctor November of last year. And then a blood test said she had typhus. She felt so sick she thought she was going to die. Mayor Eric Garcetti's office issued a statement saying that multiple city departments began a coordinated effort to improve cleanliness in Civic Center last fall. In addition to increased trash collection and cleanings, aggressive action has been taken to address pests both in the buildings and in the surrounding outside areas, the statement said. Rats and cockroaches are survivalists, and so they are not easily to, easy to eliminate, KTLA 
was told we need to try to stay one step ahead of them because what we don't want is for some of our employees to get sick. Well, why don't you take care of the homeless pro- uh, problem you have and crack down on it? Idiots. Abs- just well, absolute idiots. You, you've got, and this is, so I, I guess I'm on a kick hill here, but, you know, part of the problem in some of these big cities left-wing cities and i guess it's about the only kind of big city there is anymore is a left-wing city is that they they make affordable housing essentially illegal and then they have serious problems with homeless homelessness and the, you you got these big giant socialist run cities and, and now they're they've got some of the the situations are like third world conditions after they've implemented their um, policies that are just not consistent with reality. I mean, when you when they make it illegal for markets to actually provide goods and services in a rational in a rational manner, you get crazy situations. All right, we just got a couple of minutes left. Are you ready? Go for it. Here's what's happening in Chicago. Before Nicholas Cruz killed 17 people at Florida's Parkland High School last year, he posted images of guns, bullets, and a dead frog on Instagram. So tell me. What? What, what, what? what do you think that they're going to want to do here? This guy that killed the 17 students at Florida's Parkland High School last year on his Facebook posted images of guns, bullets, and a dead frog on his, pardon me, Instagram. Hmm. So what do you think... Uh, the Democrats in Chicago want to do man uh, pictures of dead frogs. Nope, nope. Oh, Dietrich, bullets. Dietrich is a, a, a representative, uh, a, a Democrat from Downer or Buffalo Grove. Uh, Dietrich is proposing gun buyers reveal their public social media accounts to the Illinois police before hmm. they're approved for a firearm license. Quote: A lot of people who are having mental health issues will often post on their social media pages that they're about to hurt themselves or others. We need to give those people the help they need. Pro-gun groups, of course, are outraged. Quote, when people look at this, everyone who has a Facebook account or email account or Twitter account has to be incensed or should be, said Richard Pearson with the Illinois State Rifle Association. And the ACLU is opposed as well. Good for them. Anyway, this is the kind of thinking progressives have. So what do they want next? They want to look in the guy's private diary. They they want to be able look, to see into can, his Can thing. we kick that state out of the union? Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me tell you what. If they're thinking it in Chicago, they're thinking of it everywhere. There's people in Arkansas that would say, as I read that, yeah, we need to do that. That'll keep us safer. Because they're absolute numbskulls. All right, a break. I'll see you tomorrow, 2 o'clock. Paul, thanks for all the help you've had uh, given us uh, this week here at the Capitol. We'll pick it back up next uh, Monday at 2. We found out that the Senate didn't vote on the free speech bill today. They will on Monday, so I'm sure it'll pass on Monday. It'll be heard in the Education Committee of the House on Tuesday. I will see you at 2 o'clock tomorrow, fun Friday, here on the Dave Ellswick Show.